You know, every year uh, there are a few items, a few toys around Christmas that are all the rage. All right. Now, here's the thing. This year I hadn't heard much. I hadn't heard what uh, these these great new toys were. I hadn't seen any lists. So I was doing some research this past week. I uh, went to Google and typed in uh, most popular toys uh, for Christmas this year. Maybe you already know them, but I was a little surprised uh, at what I came up with. Uh, here's the first one. Uh, one of the most popular toys this year are the squinkles. Huh? Have you heard of these? Uh, anybody purchased any squinkles yet this year? Okay, not, not too much happening from this room when it comes to squinkles. These are adorable little animals uh, that come in a bubble. And, and evidently, you pop the bubble and, and you've got your squinkle. Uh, all the fun, all the party begins, party on. Uh, another toy that's really popular again this year are Zuzu pets. Uh, yeah, so we got some oh yeahs in the crowd. We've got some of these critters uh, running around our house. They're, they're battery-powered hamsters. Uh, that you can you can set up this little city and they travel through tunnels and they do all these sorts of different things. You can teach them to go poo-poo in the potty. Uh, not really, I made that part up. Just want to see if I can work the word poo-poo into my sermon this morning. Uh, another toy that's really popular this year are the Zoobles. I don't know. These are some sort of cute transformer wannabe kind of types. They, they come in little balls, but, but they open up uh, into Zubal fun. They spring to life uh, into Zubal fun. And so we've got Squinkles, uh, we've got Zuzu pets, and, and we've got the Zubals. And you heard it right here at Genesis Church. And when I think of these, when I look at these three items, it leads me to at least two questions. The first one is this. What guy gets paid for naming these toys and how much does he make? You know, and, and the second question is, is it any surprise to us that America is no longer considered the smartest uh, nation on the planet? Um, you know, we wait in line for these sorts of things. I mean, you'll do anything for your kids, right? You'll do anything to make sure that they get that toy that they want under the Christmas tree uh, on Christmas morning. Now, how many of you uh, ventured out on Black Friday this year? Uh, who, who are our brave, the brave, willing? Okay, we've got some hands going up around the room. Now, which of you went over, over and above, like, rather than venture out on Black Friday, like, you were already out on Thanksgiving night? Anybody out before midnight? A couple, all right, a couple that, that went to that extreme out, out on Thanksgiving night. Uh, anyone out camping? Uh, any, like you literally set up a tent or you were underneath a tarp outside of a clothes store? Anybody willing to admit that? I see some heads shaking. No, absolutely not. Wouldn't do that. I mean, you hear about these crazy stories, right? You hear about these great lengths that people are willing to go to, you know, camping out, buying people's place in line. I heard a story about something like that. Uh, maybe you've uh, witnessed or heard some of these crazy things. But the fact is that we're all willing to go to a bit of an extreme uh, around this time of the year. We're all willing to participate in some level of the craziness. Uh, I was reading this past week that the average American will spend $1,000 on Christmas this year. The average American, that's the average person, each person will spend $1,000. And they predicting that once again this year, Americans will spend well over $150 billion as a nation. I mean, can you even imagine over $150 billion as a nation? And within that, uh, that's $150 million on wrapping paper alone. Uh, that's over $200 million on postage alone. You know, what does it add up to? Well, mental health experts say that the third Monday of every January is the most depressing day of the year. Really, do you want to know why? Here's why it is. Because it's typically uh, one of the coldest, you know, obviously the coldest month of the year. It can be a dreary day. But on that third Monday of January, it's usually when the mailman shows up with the credit card bill. 
and people get it and open it up and, and they get to see some of the damage uh, that Christmas provided for their family. Well, we're starting this series uh, called Advent Conspiracy today because somewhere along the way, the whole message of Christmas got changed. Uh, it changed on us. I mean, what was meant to be a time to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, somewhere along the way, it became all about Black Friday and Cyber Monday and, and, and gifts and presents and depression and just surviving the holidays. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be known for just that. I mean, Christmas you know, can be about buying gifts. It can be about traditions. It can be about Christmas morning and being with family. But, but the question I have is, can we just make sure that it's also about celebrating Jesus too? Uh, can we make sure that that's really our focus uh, during this time? You know, I, can this be our priority? Now, I'm not suggesting that you go communist or something and quit buying Christmas gifts for your family, you know, that you, you, know, you take down the tree, you know, and you can't have any tradition, you can't have any fun of that sort. I am not saying that at all whatsoever. I just want to make sure that our focus and our priorities are truly right. Because I just think for the most part we've gone a little overboard on all the wrong things at Christmas time rather than go overboard on the right things. We've, we've lost focus. And because of that, you know, attitude and our priorities are not always what they should be and it should be the best at this time of the year. And so again, we're starting this series called Advent Conspiracy. And, and I want Christmas for you to be about your traditions. And I want your Christmas to be about Christmas morning. And I want your Christmas to be about being with your family. But I want to make sure that we're celebrating Jesus too. You know, and what a great reminder for you and me, you know, during this time that Jesus Christ, that the whole world hung in the balance and Jesus came to this world as an infant. He invaded this planet for you and me. And what a great opportunity that we have as followers of Jesus and as a church to make sure that we can make a statement to the people around us, you know, during this month of December. You know, that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world to rescue us from the bondage of sin. You know, that's the message of Christmas. And it's a message that's been entrusted to you, and it's a message that's been entrusted to me. It's about helping people find their way back to God. And, and if our attitude and our approach to Christmas is right, then I believe that there are a number of ways that we can find to proclaim that message to others. Well, I want to start this morning by telling you a story, uh, telling you a Christmas story. It has everything to do with Christ. It has everything to do with Christmas and with giving too. If you've got your Bibles, I want to invite you to take them right now and turn to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2. Uh, Matthew is the first uh, book in the New Testament. And so if you go there, if you go to Matthew 2, and we'll have these verses on the screen as well, uh, I want to read a story for you, just a portion of a story, uh, a story that I believe can encourage us as we think about our attitude and as we think about our priorities going into this Christmas season. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, let me read it for you. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. Now, one of the things that I want you to notice from the start is that Matthew doesn't cover a lot of the traditional elements of Christmas than, let's say, Luke does in, in his gospel account. But Matthew begins by acknowledging Jesus' birth in Jerusalem, and then he moves right into the details surrounding the wise men and their trip to Bethlehem. Now, there are all sorts of opinions about the wise men, about the wise men uh, and their trip to Bethlehem. 
And there are all sorts of opinions about how old baby Jesus was when they arrived. Some say that he was a few months old. Others will say he might have been as much as a couple of years old. What we need to know is this. What's true is this, that the wise men didn't come strolling into town that night, you know, when Jesus was born. I mean, they weren't like your Aunt Peggy or Uncle Bob that show up a couple of hours, you know, after the baby's born, you know, at the hospital. Now, Bethlehem was the birthplace. Uh, Bethlehem was a town, a small town, about five to six miles north or south of Jerusalem. And it's not like Bethlehem would ever qualify for the World Cup or anything. I mean, this isn't a world-class city. There's no fancy hospitals here or anything. Well, why Bethlehem? Well, Bethlehem had roots. Uh, There was a history uh, there in Bethlehem. Jacob buried Rachel there. Uh, Ruth married Boaz there. King David grew up there. And 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, Micah, the Old Testament prophet, prophesied that the Son of God, that the Messiah, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, would be born in the tiny village of Bethlehem. And we see that in his very own words in his prophecy in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, a small Old Testament book. Micah writes, 700 years before Jesus is born. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, And Ephrata was a a region around Bethlehem, kind of like Noblesville is to Hamilton County. Uh, Bethlehem was to Ephrata. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, remember, it's not a world-class city or anything, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Now, who is the one that Micah is talking about? Who is the one who will come? Who is the one who will rule over Israel? It's it's just like the song that we sang to open up this service this morning. You know, it's Jesus. And it's possible, and I just want to say that it's possible that the wise men were at least aware of this verse. And so they came from the east. We don't know how many. There were probably more than three of them. But they saw the star in the sky and they followed it all of the way to this little town called Bethlehem. Now let's pick up the rest of the story in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, reading through verse 11. It says, After they heard the king, these are the wise men, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Now notice that the star they were following to this place came to a rest. It came to a stop exactly over this place in Bethlehem. And the text says that when they arrived, when they came to this place, it just simply used the words overjoyed. Now, why were they overjoyed? Well, you try saddling up on a donkey or a camel or a horse or something for a couple of years and see if you feel good about getting off that thing, all right? But no, seriously, it's more than that. There was more to this. This was a significant life-changing event, not only for the world, but for these men, but for these wise men who had made the journey. And they would never again be the same. And the Bible says that when they walked in and when they saw Jesus that they fell to their knees and they worshipped him. That was the only appropriate response in this moment. They fell to their knees and they worshipped him. They worshipped this young child. They worshipped this infant. They worshipped Jesus. Next, the Bible says they gave gifts. 
Now, it wasn't uncommon for people to give gifts uh, to a baby, to a newborn baby or to their family. We do the same today, right? I mean, we have baby showers and you go and you give gifts at the showers. Now, let me say this, ladies. Uh, let's not let this text in any way validate inviting men to baby showers, all right? Just because there were men present here. Uh, that's your time. That's good women time, all right? But, but notice that these men, they gave gifts. I, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Um, these men, they gave gifts. And they weren't any ordinary gifts either. There was more than that. There was a message behind each. You know, with every gift given, these gifts said something about the attitude. They said something about the focus of these wise men. You know, these gifts said something about their heart. These gifts said something about their intention. These gifts said something significant about Jesus, about the baby. Uh, The three gifts held, held great significance. I want to review them with you. If you've got your notes and you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first gift that they gave was gold. Now, gold was a gift for a king. You would never approach a king without a gift. And if you were going to visit a king, the only appropriate gift worth giving to a king was gold. And whether these men fully understood it or not, here was Jesus. And Jesus was the king of kings and lord of lords. And they gave him the gift of gold. They gave him a king's gift. The second gift that they gave was the gift of frankincense. Not Frankenstein, but frankincense. Uh, Frankincense was a gift for a priest. Uh, And frankincense is a a fragrance, a a sweet fragrance. Uh, It was used in the temple. Now, the priest worked in the temple, uh, and he was responsible, the priest was responsible for offering sacrifices up to God. During this time, you weren't allowed to go to God on your own and offer up your own sacrifice. You had to go through the priest. The priest was the mediator. The priest served as the bridge between God and people. And it's interesting that that's the role that Jesus Christ plays for us today. In fact, the book of Hebrews calls Jesus the great high priest. And when he gave his life on the cross, the final sacrifice, Jesus provided a way. He provided a bridge for you and me to receive forgiveness and to have a relationship with God. Now, the third gift was the gift of myrrh. Uh, Myrrh was used to embalm dead people, and everyone knew the smell. It was an easily identifiable smell. They all knew someone who had died. Myrrh represented death. And this baby, the recipient of these gifts, it was Jesus. And Jesus had come to the world to die. It was his sole purpose for coming to this world. His purpose was, was to die, and he would give his life for the people of the world. He'd give his life for you and me. That's what Jesus did. And so the wise men, they made this journey, and it was a long journey. And when they arrived, they bowed and they worshipped Jesus. And they gave these gifts. And again, not just any gifts, but they were significant, meaningful gifts. Gifts to celebrate a king. Now, when I think about the posture of these wise men, when I think about their attitude, when I think about their focus and their intentions and the gifts that they gave, um, I can't help but think about right priorities and right focus for you and me as we enter into this Christmas season. You know, for these men, you know, their heart uh, was in the right place as demonstrated in the gifts that they gave. And so when I think about you and me and what this means for us, I can't help but wonder about the example that these men might offer to us as we approach this Christmas season. As you think about the gifts that you buy, as you plan out your parties, as you plan out your time with your family and your children, and whether it's with your attitude or whether it's the way that you relate with others, whether it's a a gift of compassion, 
I just want to make sure that we really celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, with this Christmas. And so I think that we can celebrate Jesus even in our giving. Uh, That we can take something that has gone so overboard uh, in our world today, in our lives today, and we can make even our giving about celebrating Jesus. And, And there's something to learn about celebrating and giving with these wise men. And like them, I just think we can really make a statement about where our focus is, who our priority is in our giving this year. And so I want to challenge you uh, with a couple of ideas as it applies towards your giving uh, this season. And so uh, if you're taking notes and want to write these down, the first one is this. I just want to challenge you to give one thing. Uh, to give one thing. Now, now let me clarify for a moment because I said we're not going communist Uh, on christmas this year but i want to challenge you to give one thing and when i say give one thing and that is i want to give you i want you to challenge you to give at least one gift of compassion this year Uh, and we talked about this a couple of years ago or not a couple of years ago we talked about it a couple of weeks ago but one thing uh, i challenge you a couple of weeks ago to be thinking about one gift that you could give this year as a gift of compassion for someone else you know we love to give gifts to our kids uh, we love give, to give gifts to family members and to coworkers and to the garbage man. Uh, but would you be willing to give at least one gift of compassion to someone else, to someone else, uh, a generous gift, someone that you know or may not know? Uh, that, that's one gift of compassion to someone in need. Uh, maybe that gift involves money. Maybe it involves buying a gift. Uh, one of the things that we've provided for you the last couple of weeks, if you've got your worship program, you could take it out right now. Um, but there's a, a small insert in here uh, that's just simply entitled Advent Conspiracy at the top. And it talks about giving one gift. And, and it gives you a number of ideas uh, that you can do uh, in thinking about what you can do this Christmas. Uh, one of these is this. You can give a gift to a child through Christmas at the Creek. Now, we've been involved with Christmas at the Creek for the last few years. Um, Deer Creek Community Church is just a few blocks away from here. And they do a great job of really trying to reach out to the community, to some needy families in the community around Christmas time. Uh, and you can give a gift of compassion there. Uh, you can buy toys. Uh, you can buy gifts for uh, infant age all the way up through high school. Uh, you can bring those gifts to the church. Now, here, here's the thing. Uh, we've already approached the deadline. Uh, their event, I believe it's next weekend. And so this week, they're going to be wrapping all those gifts and getting them ready. And so we had put down that uh, if you could bring your gift today, but you can bring it tomorrow as well. And so if that's something that you've been wanting to do and you forgot, or you just say, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure to provide a toy or a gift uh, to a child or a teen here in the community. Uh, We can help you out with some information at the Info Hub, but you can bring your gift back here uh, to Genesis, and we'll make sure that it gets to Deer Creek uh, Community Church. Uh, another thing that you could be thinking about doing is, as you think about buying one gift, is to buy up a whole bunch of groceries. Uh, we have been partnering with Bethel Lutheran Church right here in the Noblesville area. They've got a great food pantry. Uh, we always have the shopping carts out in the cafe. And maybe you decide, you know what, I'm going to go a little overboard uh, this month on my grocery shopping, but I'm going to take a bunch of these non-perishable items and I'm going to drop them off at my church. And we've got a team of people that will make sure they get to Bethel Lutheran. Uh, families are in need, uh, probably more so than we realize, and, and even helping to provide some, some things that maybe we take for granted, just some, some simple groceries, uh, can mean all the help in the world uh, for some people. And again, you can bring those over the next couple of weeks. Maybe you'll make that your one thing. Uh, maybe that'll be the way that you celebrate Jesus. Uh, had somebody come up with a great idea last weekend, and that is uh, collecting warm clothes. Uh, for some of the homeless in Indianapolis, specifically some of the men right now. Uh, go through your closets. 
Uh, you've got a bunch of sweaters you don't wear anymore. You've got a bunch of sweatshirts. Uh, bring those in with you. We've got a container out in the, in the cafe. Maybe that'll be your one thing is to round up some warm clothes that you're not using anymore. Again, we'll make sure that they get to people who can use them. Uh, but maybe it's none of these. Uh, but maybe you know someone. Maybe you know someone from work, uh, a neighbor, a family friend. Uh, you understand, you know of someone who's going through a really difficult time right now. Yeah, do what God tells you to do. Uh, maybe God's placed a need or something on your heart that you can respond to. Do what God leads you to do. Uh, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, we passed out money here at Genesis. And you're like, what? Huh? If you weren't here, you missed it. Yes, we passed out money. Doesn't happen often, but a couple of weeks ago, we passed out money. Now, don't get too excited. It was, they were dollar bills. And the challenge was this. We said, hey, we want everyone to do one thing. One act of compassion in the next 30 days. Let this be the first dollar towards your gift or let this just be your reminder to do one thing. I, I got an email uh, from a mom here at Genesis who took that dollar and went home and that very next day she was working at her daughter's elementary school helping out with a little school fair, a little book fair that they were doing, uh, serving as a host. And for over a, a couple of hour period, different groups of kids would come in. And she recognized that every hour, the same, there was always a child or two sitting off to the side, and it was obvious that they hadn't brought any money with them. And so I loved what this mom did. I mean, it just came to her heart, and she walked over to that first kid that morning, and she pulled that dollar bill out of her pocket, and she said, guess what? Do you know what? Yesterday at my church, they challenged us to show Jesus' love to someone else, and I just really believe that God is leading me to give you some money this morning so that you can buy some things here. And, and she talked about how that child's face just lit up at that moment. And uh, she took some money and she gave it to that little kid. And over the course of a few hours, she said she gave away about $25 to different kids and just basically said, hey, my, my church challenged me to do this. I'm doing this in the name of Jesus. I want you to go and, and buy something here today. You know, that, that's the cool thing about giving is that your gift this Christmas can celebrate Jesus. And it doesn't have to cost a lot, but it can mean a lot. It can mean more than we possibly think. And maybe you can't give money and that's okay, but you can give your time. Uh, you can offer your time to someone else and your time can be a great gift uh, to people during this season. Uh, we're, we're working with another organization here in Hamilton County called Good Samaritan. And Good Samaritan is all about reaching out to some of the real needs here in central Indiana. They expect to help around 20,000 people this month. 20,000 people in Hamilton County who have needs. And, and they put on a huge Christmas event at the 4-H Fairgrounds next weekend where they expect to see thousands of people come uh, to receive food, to receive gifts. And they have a number of serving opportunities this week. They desperately need volunteers to help them get ready for their big event. Uh, there are opportunities to pack food baskets, uh, to unload trucks, to sort food, to sort uh, clothing and toys. I, I was talking with their director this past week, and she just emphasized, hey, we really need some help this week. And, and so maybe that's you. Maybe you're all about giving time. And, and whether you do it on your own or get your family together or your connection group or just a group of friends, there are a number of opportunities to serve with your time even this week. And again, if you go back to the info hub after the service, we've got a little handout there that lists all of the time frames where they're needing volunteers and a contact, somebody that you can contact that can help you get hooked up uh, with one of those times. Uh, but there are other ways of, of giving your time, and you can use your imagination with this. Uh, get your kids together and make a bunch of Christmas cards and drop them off. Go deliver them uh, to some people living at a local nursing home. 
Or maybe you decide to reach out to a single parent right now and just say, you know what, I want to give you the whole day off. I want to take your kids for the day. You go do whatever you need to do. Just take the time. Maybe you find someone you know is alone this year and you offer to share a meal with them. Again, we've been receiving stories. We want to encourage you to send your stories uh, of the one thing that you do uh, this Christmas. Uh, you, can, you can send it to stories at genesisnoblesville.com. But, but here's a story that I received uh, from one family uh, just this past week. Uh, this person writes, The challenge to do one thing of compassion works like a snowball going down a hill. It starts small and gets bigger and bigger. Our one thing came about by accident. Well, to us it seemed that way, but God had it all planned out. I knew of a family that was going to be separated on Thanksgiving, so I invited the remaining family to come and share our food. This was the day before our challenge. The next day after our challenge at church, they answered and accepted the invitation. The next day we got a call from them and asked if they could bring someone who had nowhere to go, a foreign exchange student they knew from their church. We naturally said yes. Then we heard of another friend of ours, a single dad who was moving into his new apartment on Thanksgiving Day. And when we talked with him, we found out that he was not doing anything for Thanksgiving. So after about five minutes of me stressing out about how many people that is and whether we'd have enough food, I heard a small voice say something to the effect of what's really important is loving people and giving to people who cannot give anything back. And so we called him and he accepted the invitation without hesitation. So our small Thanksgiving of three people went to a house full of people. Two turkeys barely fit in the oven. And all I could think about is I hope we have enough but I know that doesn't matter because what's important is loving these people. And I am the blessed one, not them. God did this for me and my family as much as for those we invited. And all I can say is, wow, God, wow, I am really thankful. Listen, you know, are you tr- having trouble, you know, getting focused, you know, on Christmas? Are, are, you can, there's a number of things you, you have a hard time celebrating Jesus at Christmas time, uh, do something. Uh, I want to challenge you to do one thing. Give one gift, whether it be you know with your money or, or with your time. Uh, invest some of your time, your money in someone else. Uh, you'll help someone. You'll be a blessing to others, and, and you will be blessed too. Uh, the second thing that I want to challenge you with is to give radically. Uh, is to give radically. Now I will tell you that I couldn't come up with the right word here. Uh, even as this morning, I was trying to think of a better word. I'm not sure radical fits. It seems a little strong to me. So I'm going to give you permission to put whatever word you want in that blank. Uh, but for right now, it's the word radical. But here's the point. Um, make this year different. Uh, just do something completely different uh, with your Christmas this year. Uh, if you have a hard time celebrating Jesus, then just mix it up. Uh, do something really different. It doesn't have to be the same. Uh, I love what my sister-in-law and her husband and his family do. Uh, They came to a place a couple of years ago where they decided they were tired of swapping gift cards and things that they didn't really need. And so for the past couple of years, they've made an effort as a family to identify a family in need. And so rather than run to Walmart and pick up a bunch of gift cards at the checkout counter for their family members, they instead come together as a family. They put all of their money together and they buy things for a needy family. Uh, Last year, they adopted a, a family with a brand new baby. And so they went out and they bought a a whole bunch of essential items, including a crib, and they delivered these items to this family right before Christmas. And do you know what? You can do the same thing too. Uh, Because maybe you're tired of exchanging gifts with your sister and your brother and and your in-laws and all that, and and they're thinking the same thing. And what if you stepped up this year and took a chance at saying, hey, you know, what if we quit buying gifts for one another, quit buying things that we all 
don't need. And, and we put our money together and we did something radically different instead. Um, you know, quit buying gifts. You know, the, the same old gifts that we don't put any thought to. But, but give a gift, you know, for a great cause. Uh, you know, just some ideas. You could give a gift uh, to a family like this through Good Samaritan. They can provide you with the name of a family. And you could do that. Um, maybe through Good Samaritan. They're always hearing about people that are having trouble paying their bills. What if you said, you know what, I, I want to pay. You contacted Good Samaritan. I want to pay for somebody's November and December electric bill uh, this month. Can, can you provide for me the name of a family? Or what if you went out and you contacted your local elementary school and said, hey, do you have a child or a family that haven't been able to pay their book fees or, or even their lunch bill yet? And can I go ahead and take care of that anonymously uh, today? Uh, what if you sent breakfast to your local fire department and just with a note that said, we appreciate you? Uh, what if you paid the remaining balance for someone who's going on our trip to Haiti in January? Uh, what if you adopted a child through compassion and supported them through the year? What if you gave your extra car away? You know, you can do something radical. I mean, I wonder what kind of memories you could create for your family or for your children by doing something different, something to celebrate Jesus. You know, and instead of going out and buying a ton of things, you know, get them a few and plan an entire day away with them or plan an entire day away or an entire weekend away with your kids. Uh, I was reading some ideas, uh, a website, rethinkingchristmas.org. I don't have that on the screen for you, but you can write it down, rethinkingchristmas.org. whole bunch of ideas. Uh, if none of these stir you, use your imagination. Ask God, God, what do you want to do through me? What do you want to do through my family? Is there a gift that we can give? that will really celebrate you this year. Because you might change someone's life. You know, you might change someone's life in the process. Now, you might sit here today and say, what, come on. Seriously, my, my gift, you know, my little act, my time, my influence, change a life. Well, consider this. Do you ever wonder what prompted the wise men to make that potentially a couple of year journey all the way to Bethlehem? Well, think about it this way. There was once a man by the name of Daniel. And Daniel lived about 500 years before Jesus was born. And the time of his birth, the Babylonian Empire was one of the most powerful empires in the world. And they invaded Israel and exiled a number of people like slaves with them back to Babylon. And Daniel was one of these exiles. Uh, he was taken back. He was taken back to this place where people were very far from God. The people of Babylon worshipped everything but God. And the Babylonians did everything they could to influence Daniel and to brainwash him, but Daniel wouldn't give in. Why? Because his focus was on God. He was completely and absolutely focused on God. And because of this, he ended up in the lion's den. But God protected him. God delivered him through the lion's den. And over time, Daniel's strong faith and his influence rubbed off on the king of Babylon to the point that as a foreigner living in a foreign land, Daniel was eventually appointed to one of the highest offices in the Babylonian empire, the office responsible for the oversight of the scientists, the mathematicians, and the astronomers. These were the smart guys. They were referred to as the wise men. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. It says, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Now hang with me. 500 plus years before the birth of Jesus, Daniel, a man fully focused on God, started influencing the wise men. Now, what do smart guys like scientists and astronomers do? 
They look in the sky. And they look at the stars. And as a man of the Bible, I think there's a really good chance that Daniel told them and taught them about people like Micah and maybe even shared with them this verse from Numbers 24, verse 17, which says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Now, here's the thing. Can you even imagine potentially this conversation 500 years before Jesus is born? Daniel and all of the wise men are out looking into the night sky one night. And Daniel says to them, you know what, fellas? One day a star will rise in the sky and will point the way to the Savior of the world, to the Messiah, the King of Kings, will come. The Lord of Lords. Here's my question. Will you celebrate Jesus Christ with your gifts this year? Will you let your focus be truly on Him? Let's pray. God in heaven, uh, we begin today uh, as we think about Christmas. We begin to think about where our focus is.